0: Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. I am here in the studio with Mike, or Dr. Berg, as students know him, and we are continuing to record podcast sessions for our students because of the coronavirus um, and the new restrictions that have put, been put by the government uh, down for containing that. Uh, the college is now online
1: do do we know if our libertarian friends um are for or against uh
0: I actually uh, talked to one of them last night he had an interesting take so <laughs> um, but uh what that means is the college is now entirely online we found out tonight it's online for the semester and so i am uh doing youtube videos uh for some of my classes um, on the channel, my students, if you're listening, remember you're supposed to be subscribing to this, so do. Um, but then now I shall take my lunch, which is a quote from Apatitis. You got to figure <sighs> it out. Yeah, yeah. you got to. Is figure there it. extra
1: credit for any student who figures it out?
0: No. There's no works of super irrigation in my classes.
1: I will offer. I will offer. I will offer extra credit for your students. Like if they then come to my class next semester, I'll give them extra credit. Okay. No, well, remember think... <laughs> that if you have
0: Dr. Berg next semester. One point. Um, but you should be subscribing, students, if you are. Um, listeners, if you find these interesting and you want to fill in some of the blanks, um, you can go there. Subscribe as well if you want. And there are videos. Sometimes there will be video. Sometimes there will be audio for these things for my class. Um, But we are basically then recording these sessions to help our students um, to kind of supplement lecture stuff. As we are doing that, um, because audio files are big and there's no good way to send them, we are posting them through the podcast. So to our listeners, non-student listeners, our subscribers, you're going to notice your podcast feed is going to be blowing up in the days to come. Please do not unsubscribe when this passes and the uh, um, semester is over, we'll be back to our normal schedule, one episode, one winging it. But you can change in your podcatchers what you download. You don't have to download everything that's coming. You can set it to only download the most recent or to not even download it all. <clears throat> but please do continue to subscribe. That's very helpful for us um, as the podcast. Uh, but putting it out this way does enable our students to be able to easily listen to these And we think a lot of these topics will be of interest and hopefully helpful to our listeners too. Uh, For some of these, we're going to refer to texts that students were supposed to read. But because these are overviews of the text, we're not regurgitating the text. If you haven't read the text, you still should be able to follow along. So this discussion today is for Theology 110, Introduction to Theology here at the college. The text is Luther's Large Catechism, which may be familiar to a lot of our listeners, And the topic is the second article of the creed. We did one podcast uh, session already on the first article and kind of an intro to creeds. Um, And there are three videos, or no, two videos on the YouTube channel that wrap up the commandments, the 8th, the ninth, and the 10th. So if you want to check those out, you can. Uh, But I think that about covers the preliminary stuff we've been trying to give people. (laughs) Um, For students... Look for the podcast. If you uh, you are expected, my students are expected to subscribe. Um, look for the podcasts that come out with theology one hundred and ten in the title. And if you are looking on the website, there will be pictures with the podcast, and all of the theology one hundred and ten courses will have the same picture. Um, right now, it's a picture from uh, is it what's Michelangelo in the Sistine Chapel with the two fingers? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that will be the picture that will signify that this is for one hundred and ten. I am not producing these as we normally do with a full episode of Winging It with all the music and the breaks. It'll just be straight our voices. Um, but I am trying to produce it at least so that it's easy to listen to and follow along. Um, hopefully the pictures will show up in, in smart devices as well. Um, but I am learning how to do that. Normally Peter uploads the episodes. I produce the Winging It's, he produces the episodes, and he uploads them. Uh, I don't want him and. Been to be doing our work which we now have to do as professors because we're going online so I'm learning to do that myself with an emphasis on learning I did get three up on iTunes now and it looks like they did it correctly Mike you're very see, proud of me yes. yep and
1: I see them I see them here on the
0: and sheet. the the sounds seem to be coming through Peter is kindly going to be looking at that later and kind of cleaning up anything I maybe did wrong so things are fluid there's moving parts but I'm doing my best um, Mike and I, our thoughts with this are it's one thing for me to do YouTube videos. I try to keep those to 20 or 25 minutes, though. No one wants to stare at my face for that long. Um, And you got to have the YouTube app open. Uh, You know, if you're trying to do something else while listening, YouTube just doesn't let you do that. Um, And then we're hoping this has a little bit more of a classroom feel. My classes are usually run like seminars, so Mike can interject with a question. I can go to Mike for him to add something. We're hoping to have that dynamic. It makes a little bit more time for each of us if we have to do some reading to help each other out. Um, but I feel like it also, it just feels just, more fluid, better.
1: It's just all around better.
0: Yeah, so, um, so we hope this uh, works, and, and we're trying to do the best we can to make things work. So, Luther's Large Catechism, second article of the Creed. The Apostles' Creed is the Church's baptismal creed. Um, It appears very early, not written by the Apostles, but soon after them, we already see people using it. And because it's the baptismal creed, it makes sense that it is also then the um, catechetical creed. And so uh, the second article of the creed uh, in the small catechism, Luther will give his explanation. Uh, The large catechism expands upon that. It's basically sermons upon the uh, small catechism. And uh, for this section, you might expect Luther to write a lot more than he does, but these are not very long sections. He actually writes more for some of the commandments than he does for these articles. Do
1: you think he ran out of steam? He,
0: he, he may well have. <laughs> um, and I think part of it, though, is, too, because the creed, uh, in many ways, is just the rehashing of historical details, right? Well, Here's what uh, happens in Christ's life.
1: To the insight into preaching, it is much easier to go on and on and on about sin and the law. Yes. Right? Yes. And there's something about the simplicity of the gospel. I think right? that's very and to true. To say it a different way, yeah. becomes and so, hard.
0: No, that's fine. Um, but if we're thinking of the second article of the Creed, then um, just for those who might not know it, um, from the Apostles' Creed, and I'm just using it as it's written here. Um, we're using the Concordia Publishing House edition of the Large Catechism. So there's going to sound perhaps a little bit different than what uh, the translation that um, people in Wisconsin said it might be used to. But, uh, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. And, Mike, maybe I'll just throw it to you first. Any big picture thoughts you have on the second article of the Creed?
1: When you look at the Creed, you see it, I mean, especially all of the Creeds, you can get onto two pages uh, the Athanasian Creed, big, the Nicene Creed's a little bit longer, but the Apostles' Creed, you can see it as a whole. And one of the first things, if it's written out with uh, spacious divisions between the three articles, you go, the second article is really long and the uh, first and third are short. <clears throat> and we've toyed with this idea before of asking yourself, what kind of Christian are you? Are you a first article Christian, a second article Christian, or a third article Christian? And before you answer, I'm all three Uh, What we mean by that, I know that's, that is the correct answer, but what we mean by that is the emphasis you put on, on things. So are you more about the sovereignty of God? God's got a plan for me and God is awesome and God is great. That kind of thing. Um, are you maybe overly spiritual? Like you feel the spirit kind of thing, or you're a second article Christian where you say everything's through Christ. And I think both the scriptures and then the early church, by putting this creed in this way, is saying, this is how you know God through Christ. This is how you know God. This is how God wants to be known. He wants to be known through the word, and the word is all about Christ. Just look at the Gospels. <clears throat> I mean, the the incarnation is important, although really Luke and John are the ones that really kind of talk about that. And then we have some stuff at the beginning, the very important, baptism, temptation of Jesus. We know nothing about his early childhood, um, and we have some stories and some miracles, all important, but the vast majority, just by the amount of verses, is Holy Week, and so to know Christ is to know him at the cross, so to know God is to know Christ, and to know Christ is to know him at the cross, and if you look at the Creed, it follows that same pattern, right? If you're going to know God, it's going to be through, Jesus himself said, anybody, if you want to come to me, come to the Father, you've got to come through me, so in Christ, God is hidden and yet revealed in this paradox. And so we should pay, be paying attention to the second article of the Creed, not at the expense of the first article or the third article. That's not what we're talking about. What we're saying is this is, this is where God is pointing us to. So that's, I think, a big picture thing is to know God is to know Christ and to know Christ is to know him at the cross.
0: And we think of um, the first article of the Creed's emphasis on God as creator and giver of all good gifts, Well, what's his greatest gift? He gives us his son. Um, And then we think of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the Holy Spirit gets one Sunday in the church here, Mm -hmm. Pentecost. And Peter gets up in the second lesson, or is it the Acts of the Apostles? Probably
1: the second lesson. The
0: second lesson. And Peter gets up, and who does he preach about? Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) So I sometimes joke, the Holy Spirit's kind of like the front man for a rap group, (laughs) like the hype man. (laughs) He gets everybody excited. And so, really, both father and son point to the Christ, Not because Jesus is more important for Father or Son, but it's Jesus who brings us into a relationship (coughs) with Father and Son. Um, If I can just briefly, Luther's small catechism, the explanation to the Creed, because what Luther has to say is going to make more sense if we get that. So from a small catechism, this is the explanation of the Creed. And now I'm reading from the Wells translation (laughs) of this. So, I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, Born of the Virgin Mary is my Lord. Now keep that word in mind. He has redeemed me. Keep that term in mind. A lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. All this he did that I should be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from death and lives and rules eternally. This is most certainly true. And Luther in the Large Catechism, those of you who um, have read it or will be reading it, is going to focus especially on two words and how he sees them as largely being synonymous, and that's Lord and Redeemer. Now, I've sometimes heard Christians say, thankfully not too many in our circles, that so-and-so has Jesus as their Savior but not as their Lord. Mm -mm. uh, Right. um, but what they usually mean is, oh yeah, they like Jesus for grace, but they're not obeying Him enough. Uh, maybe as, Mike, if,
1: as if grace was a prerequisite to something more important.
0: Right, they're, they're, you haven't made the ne- <clears throat> taken the next step. If you could, Mike, just briefly, what when we use that word in the New Testament, um, for you know, we Kyrie eleison, yeah. Lord, have mercy. Um, How does that relate to Savior? When people get communion, they often will hear in the blessing, this true body and true blood of our Lord and Savior, Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. We hear Lord and Savior all the time. How do do those two terms relate to each other?
1: Yeah, so when you see the word Lord in the Old Testament in English, it's going to be all, probably, it's going to be all capitals, if you see it in all capitals that's a specific reference to the proper name of the God of Israel, of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know him as Yahweh or Jehovah. And we don't. I'm sure your students have already heard about the tetragram and right. all that kind of stuff.
0: But they S- probably forgot about it, so it's good. Well,
1: we can say that there was four letters um, <clears throat> in the Hebrew, and uh, there were certain people in the history of, of, of the Jewish religion who really took the second commandment, don't misuse the name of the Lord your God, to the extreme, where they didn't want him to say it out loud because they might mispronounce it. So when you looked in Hebrew, you would see these four letters that would be equivalent to a Y or a J, then a V, then an H, then a V. So Jehovah or, or Yahweh.
0: And the, the vowel pointing wasn't in the original Hebrew. Yeah. So that's why sometimes we have to guess at pronunciation. Guess
1: it. And, and so they would say, Lord, think lords and ladies or sir right there. So they would say Adonai instead of Jehovah or Yahweh. Which one do you like better,
0: Yahweh or Jehovah?
1: You know, probably if I'm reading it, probably Yahweh as well. I like Yahweh better too. I just, you know, the J is a funny word or a funny letter in different languages. You know, is it I? Is it Y? Anyway. Um, So in the ears of a Hebrew person, Adonai could refer to the specific God of Israel. Now, there's other Hebrew words that could be generic God. So, El, Elohim, all these kinds of ones, El Shaddai, all that kind of stuff, related to Allah, right? A-L or E-L. And Think of all the names,
0: too, in the Bible that have that E-L root, Elijah, right. Bethel. Yep.
1: They're all going to have an A-L. Or
0: the Yah, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Right.
1: <laughs> and so, that's different than Mike, E-L, Michael, yeah. right? Who has an A-L, E-L on the end. So... If I would refer to the gods of the Canaanites, I may use a generic word like God, Um, but I would never use Yahweh ever, 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 Um, because that was the name, the specific proper name of the God of Israel. And that is the God of free and gracious love. It's grace. It's not, there's a connotation there of, of gospel Mm -hmm. in that name. And
0: it's given to Moses. I am who I am. And it's given as the name that he should tell the Israelites as the name of God, the God who will be delivering them, yeah. bringing them through the Exodus.
1: And um, yeah, the, the Yahweh is a form of to be. So I am. It's I mean it's a perfect drug. Who sends me? I am right. Yeah. And then it's the name that Aaron is supposed to put on the people with the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you, and and those kinds of things. So it really should be Yahweh keeps you <laughs> right. But um, <clears throat> so fast forward. And when Jesus is called Lord by people, as a good Jewish man, he would have said, absolutely not. That would have been blasphemous. That would be terrible. That would have been awful. So the Greek Kyrie, if someone called him Lord, they would be assigning him divinity.
0: And now this this Lord could have been used for like an earthly Lord, like mm-hmm. a, lords and ladies. But in the Jewish context, people yeah. would have understood and, what was going on. And here.
1: nobody's going to call the carpenter's son uh, you know right. lord of nazareth right it's right. clearly a reference to that and that's why that's why he's on trial that's right and when he does not deny that that means that he's claiming divinity of course then we also say hear him saying uh, i am this we have the great i am statements so when we look at the word lord we should not think lords and ladies as a law kind of dominate follow my rules he is the lord of my life as he's the ruler but connect that with Yahweh, the God of free and gracious love. It's a gospel word, not a law word. And how many times do we do that with the, the bracelets? What would Jesus do? Or Jesus is my, my Lord and without saying my Lord and Savior, right? Right. And make him into a law thing. So I think it's very beautiful to say Lord and Savior because it is, I'm sure, what is, I, I don't know what the English grammar thing is there, but uh, it, you're saying the same thing twice.
0: It's like an epoxigenical chi, I think. Yeah, yeah.
1: so you're saying there, those are there's an equal sign between it's, those.
0: It's God driving home the point. Yep. Your Savior who's really a Savior, right. Jesus. And I think it's interesting to bring in John 8 here too um, John In John 8, Jesus um, is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, I'm going to get specifically so I'm not telling tales out of school. Uh, <clears throat> um, Jesus says in verse 58, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Okay. And here it would seem that he used Yahweh or Jehovah. And the Jews knew exactly what he was saying, because we read in the next verse, So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. So there, in the presence of God, right, in the temple, as God himself, Jesus says, Before Abraham was, I am, which is an explicit command of divinity, unless uh, someone say, there's no way people would take it that way. That's why they wanted to stone him, because they viewed this as blasphemy for a man to, uh, to speak this. And so Jesus associate that, what does Jesus mean after all? Jesus is he who saves, right? He will save their people from their sins. And so this idea of Lord, Luther then pairs with Redeemer. And this is another word that it's important to understand then. Um, I'll throw it to you in just a second, Mike, but the, the illustration I use um, often is, let's say, Meyer, So that's a grocery store that's now in Wisconsin. Thankfully, it's out of Michigan, but it's made its way here. Sends you a coupon for a can of peas, and it says 50 cents off a can of peas. Now, I don't know, what does a can of peas cost? you know, Mike? Like 52 cents. All right. Well, so you're going to get a can of peas for 2 cents, cents. which seems like a great deal. deal. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. on that coupon, it will say, redeem this coupon. Mm -hmm. Well, what Meyer is doing is they're buying that piece of paper back from you for 50 cents. Mm -hmm. So to redeem, the idea there is to buy back. Um, Ransom is a similar idea, Mm -hmm. but we think of ransom like with a kidnapper, right? Mm -hmm. To pay a price to set someone free. But maybe, Mike, anything that comes to mind when you hear Jesus as redeemer or that theological word redeem in the Bible? Yeah,
1: so redeem's got, uh, I like the ransom idea as well, uh, redeem, you know, the kinsman redeemer, an Old Testament kind of uh, a picture of um, uh, it would be buying back the the family property kind of thing. So uh, I don't know if you want to go into the, this details, and I, hopefully I don't mess it up, but, you know, it was very important for the Old Testament people to have the land that was given to their tribe, their clan, and their family. And so uh, land that was uh, purchased would revert back to the original owner on the year of Jubilee every 50 years. Um, It was important uh, to keep that land, Not because, uh, you know, uh, some sort of economic thing, but this...
0: Although it it did help keep people from becoming destitute for a long long time.
1: Absolutely. It's one of those many things where there's like a a dual purpose there. It becomes an economic, social net kind of thing, but it also has a meaning. I think the main thing is that Israel owns this land. (laughs) You don't, you don't sell it to foreigners because this is the promised land. So what happens when the father dies, or the son? You know, the father dies without any sons, and so there's a complicated uh, thing. We don't. I don't think we know all of the details there. Um, but a um, uh, a person, a, a a wife, a widow um, would. Would then be marry somebody uh, the the man's brother, or there would be someone close who would buy that land, but it would be kind of it would go still in that family of the original man. So the kinsman redeemer is someone who is close, who's going to buy that land and keep it into the family. It's it's I'm not explaining it very well, but that idea of a purchase price is very is very huge. Um, and then the ransom thing, and I I mean up you know we're the ones on. We're, th- this is this is uh, uh you know chronicles of narnia uh we are the ones who have been captured and it's it's kind of our fault we were playing around with uh with the devil and he is hel- holding us hostage and uh there is going to be a negotiation that goes on between Jesus Christ and the devil and uh our lord negotiates with terrorists and he makes a deal and it's going to be his life for for instead of ours not and that
0: he's making payment to the devil yeah. but yeah but
1: there's t- going to be there's going to be a um, he's going to he's going to be the hero that says i'm going to take right. places with you and then the devil says yes but the devil doesn't know that God's going to have victory with a resurrection and so it, the game's rigged in our place but one more thing about the purchasing th- too that i think we forget after israel um, was brought up out of egypt and remember their freedom uh, it wasn't free and it cost blood and it was firstborn blood of the lambs, but also of the sons of Egypt and the sons of Israel were spared. And it's almost as if God comes out and says, you owe me your firstborn. Now, this is a picture of the firstborn of God, right? Now he doesn't want any more shed, So they're going to make a payment to God, quote unquote, in two ways. One is that the Levites are going to not own land and they're going to be separate and going to work in the church. I think that's a a picture. The second thing is that every firstborn male of every Jewish family has to go to the temple and then they buy back their son with a sacrifice. So instead of sacrificing their son, the price for their freedom is... They are going to sacrifice a lamb, or if they're young, two pigeons, or if they're poor, two pigeons. And this is the presentation of Jesus on the 40th day of, of the incarnation. Um, and all of this is a picture of Jesus being the one, the blood sacrifice, the kinsman redeemer. Um, so it's just another way of looking at this same thing salvation, right? We can look at it a different way, a ransom redeem kind of thing. We can look about it in a forensic way. We can look about it um, in Christ's victor way, but it's all talking about the same thing, how Christ saves us from sin and death and the devil.
0: And so Luther drives home the point, and uh, at the end of the day, theology is for preaching. It's for bringing the good news of Jesus to people. And so Luther ends in paragraph 33 of the second article. He says, yes, the entire gospel that we preach is based on this point, that we properly understand this article as that upon which our salvation and all our happiness rests. It is so rich and complete that we can never learn it fully. And so the second article is important is because it's only in Christ Jesus that we have salvation. That's not to say the Father and the Spirit play no role. But this article, who Jesus was and what he did, is central um, to our salvation. And it is the message the church has given to proclaim Um, If any of our listeners are following along with the Romans video, you'll note that I keep coming back to how Christocentric each of Paul's chapters are. They just don't work if you take Christ out of them. And so at the end of the day for the Christian, uh, the, the heart of our message is Christ for sinners, right? That he's purchased and won us with his own precious blood. And that explains also... If you then look at the Nicene Creed and the Athanasian Creed, why it is that the second article is the one that has to keep being expanded? uh, Because the church has always recognized that uh, the devil and and, and opponents of Christianity are going to want to attack Christ in his person and work. That's where, if you're going to go for the jugular, that's Mm -hmm. where you go. And so the church becomes more and more explicit um, in being clear about who he is and what he has done. So this is the central article of our faith, um, and the chief thing we should know about Christ is that he is Lord, he is Savior, and that he is Redeemer. Anything else you got on that, Mike?
1: Um, You know, and I think that's that's so very important because in, in our world today, Jesus is just about everything but that. Right. He's an example. He's a philosopher. He's a teacher. Yeah, and and it's so easy. <laughs> he's to He's the get... first social justice warrior. Yeah, he's a, he's my buddy. He's a friend. All that kind of stuff. All of that's true. All of that's true, but he is primarily savior. And if he's not savior, I, I mean, I would you know, I can be a devil's advocate here and say, I'm not quite sure that Jesus is that great of a moral example to follow. Is he saying anything unique that the the conscience, the law, the Ten Commandments, the a code or whatever has said maybe some things Um, um, you know, I wouldn't follow Jesus. I mean, sometimes Jesus like calls his mother woman, you know, I mean, don't do that. Right. Or pluck your eye, pluck your eyeballs out, you know, like, I mean, there, you really don't understand him as a moral teacher or a philosopher or a helper or a friend or whatever, unless you see him as Yahweh in the flesh who is going to, do this one thing, which is going to save your sorry butt from sin.
0: And along those lines, you don't understand the scriptures. They remain a closed book mm-hmm. um, unless you understand Christ. He is the clavis. He is the key for understanding the, the sacred scriptures. <clears throat> well, good. So that um, kind of gives us a little bit on the second article. Mike and I will be picking up again sometime with the third article. We are in our fifth or sixth hour of recording today. Uh, Mike, I appreciate all the help you've been on
1: Um And to you, I hope that you've been to me.
0: And I I hope the students get something out of this. We do really appreciate students. We know you have a ton going on, and this can be a new way of learning. You bearing with us, too, and making the most of these recordings um, and then of your readings as well. Uh, We will try to put out content that is hopefully helpful to our listeners. We appreciate you bearing with us. Um, Don't unsubscribe, um, (laughs) but bearing with us. Uh, And we hope that should you be listening to this, as you obviously are if you've gotten this far in this one, that you might get something out of this as well. Maybe that can be a a silver lining um, in the midst of what's been some uh, gray clouds locally and nationally for us as of late. In the meanwhile, let the bird fly.